Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets discouragement. Thanks for joining me. I'm covering a 30-part series entitled God, Me, and the Dissertation. For those who are first-time listeners, feel free to listen to parts 1 through 10, where I am sharing some of the challenges I went through, as well as tips throughout the dissertation and doctoral phase of my graduate school journey. I'm jumping right on in regarding the motivational aim, discouragement. Many people have experienced discouragement in their life, whether it was discouragement within oneself or it was an outsider discouraging that person. Either way, discouragement doesn't feel good, especially when projects and assignments need to get done. Discouragement can be defined as the state of being discouraged when someone is sad about something. Another definition I looked up is the loss of confidence, and one more definition is the act of trying to make someone not want to do something. So how does discouragement show up When a person is pursuing a goal, one way discouragement pops up is in that person's thoughts where they start comparing themselves to people, comparison traps. Discouragement can come up when a person is looking at the areas in their life where they need improvement and they just have this lack of confidence. They give it their all, but they feel like they're just not meeting the optimal level of success in what they do. Discouragement can also come when a person is not giving themselves credit for what they've done to the best of their ability. Discouragement also can show up when someone is working towards a goal and they get resistance and pushback from another person telling them to stop pursuing their goal. They're saying things like, you're not good at your goal. You're not worth your goals. You should leave those goals to somebody else. Who do you think you are going after a goal like that? Those are just a few examples of discouragement. Of course, finishing a research assignment, that's a goal. Finishing a research paper, that's a goal. Finishing a project, a conversation, (laughs) That's a goal. Finishing a dissertation, that's a goal. But discouragement seems to play peekaboo with anybody working on any goal that they have. You ever been working on a goal and you thinking you're really making some strides and all of a sudden you just have this sense of anxiety come over you or doubt? You start thinking about what people have said to you in your past about your future, and they're nowhere to be found, but these thoughts just keep coming in your mind, and you're trying to cast them down. You start thinking in defeat. That's discouragement, playing peekaboo with you. Hey, you're not good enough. What you doing? Stop. Why are you doing that? You don't have the experience. You don't have the credentials. Who's going to help you? I mean, you failed before. (laughs) Why are you doing that? Stop. You know you can't handle that goal. 
everybody else has failed. You're no exception. Just put it down and walk away. It's okay to be a failure. God still loves you. It's okay. You don't have to pursue that. It's difficult. God will understand. He knows your heart. Quit. When those discouraging thoughts come up, when God has called and commanded you to complete something, you have to call it out. Because if discouragement is not checked, it can serve as a snare to someone to set them back. God already knew we would go through trials, troubles of every kind and several kinds, and he knew we would go through discouragement. He told us in First Peter, the fifth chapter in the seventh verse, to cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for you. Those anxieties are everything you're going through. It includes your family, your finances, your future, and even a research assignment. Don't ever get caught up thinking that, and I think I said this before or several times, thinking that oh, I only pray to God about big things and things you know I just can't control. If you think about it, you can't control anything. What do you have control over? Like for real, compared to you and God, what do you have control over? I mean, you have free will to do what you want to do and live out those consequences associated with those actions and those decisions. But what are you or what am I really controlling? Really? So it's best to pray to God about everything. There's no such thing as a big thing to take to God. I think I read somewhere where someone said, everything is small to God. The problems that we have, those are small matters. It's nothing big because he has a solution to everything. It's big to us because we have limits to our thinking. He's limitless. Take your problems, your anxieties, anything causing anxiety within you, take that to God. No matter if you have anxiety about what you're about to eat today, talk to God about that. You're not sure if you want to eat spaghetti or if you want to eat tacos. And you're at the grocery store trying to figure out, what do I do? Talk to God. And it could be as you're praying about that decision, Lord, should I make tacos or spaghetti? Which one is it, Lord? You're going down the aisles of the grocery store. And what do you see? The taco packets, taco seasoning packets on sale. Half off. The taco shells, they on sale too. And the stuff's not expired. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fresh. It's just on sale for some reason. Tortilla chips? Three for $5? Gotta get this. And as you tune your ears in to the music that's being played, they got a little Cinco de Mayo playlist going on. So you're like, you know what? 
I'm supposed to get tacos. Thank you, God. Thank you for answering my prayer. Now, if God can do that with our food choices, he can surely do it with any project that we have. Lord, what topic should I explore for this research assignment? Because I have a lot of anxiety about this. God said, cast your cares on him. He cares for you. And he will answer you when you ask him for wisdom on what to do. Ask him about everything. Even the things that you can't even talk to people about. Because people think that, oh, you still on that? You still think about that? Let it go. Cast your anxieties on God about the issues you have and even the people who are telling you to let it go. Because that can become an anxiety because people don't understand how you really feel about a matter. Why you feel that way. Cast your anxieties on God about everything, including implementing strategies, effective strategies for your research outlines, and completion. God lets us know that whether we are discouraged or not, he knows the plans he has for us. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give us a future and a hope. And that is found in Jeremiah, the 29th chapter and the 11th verse. And listen to what God told us in Joshua, the first chapter and the ninth verse. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Discouragement can play peekaboo. It can pop up in places, do sneak attacks on us. But God told us to not be discouraged. Although discouragement presents itself to us, and invades our space at times, it can show up, but we're not to be it. We're not to pick it up and wear that coat. God told us to be strong and courageous because he is with us wherever we go. So if God is with us wherever we go, he's with us when we're making decisions and we're thinking about what we're going to eat what we're going to wear, what we're going to study, where we're going to live, what we're going to do, where we're going to go, who's going to be there, who will we be with, who will come along, how will this work, God is with us everywhere, how will I get, how will this happen, How will all things work together for my good? God is with you through it all. And he's with me. And it's easier said than done, but it must be done because God said to do it. It's a command for us to be strong and courageous. It's a command for us not to be afraid. It's a command for us not to be discouraged. We should not be in a state of being discouraged because God said he's with us wherever we go. Wherever we go, he's with us wherever we go when we're doing the right thing 
And God is with us wherever we go when we're doing the things that displease him. He's right there. He's right there. So let me go ahead and provide you all a story. When I was discouraged, and I shouldn't have been discouraged because God does indeed work everything together for your good. But I was discouraged. I was working on my dissertation. I encountered discouragement from several angles, discouragement from my own thoughts, discouragement from people. And for those who've listened to the previous episodes in the series, you already know about my dissertation chair dying and then my department chair retiring. Well, when my dissertation chair died, the secretary called and gave me that information. I asked the secretary Okay, what are my next steps? Who would be my dissertation chair? And I received word that everyone who was in that cohort would be split up. And they would be assigned to different dissertation chairs. The secretary gave me a heads up and let me know that I might be paired with a woman with a reputation of giving students a hard time. She told me the professor's name and she asked if I ever took a class from her. I let her know, yes, I did. I took two courses from her and the woman did indeed give me a hard time. Both of the classes were online. The woman was doing her job as a professor. She would facilitate information. She'd provide a syllabus. She'd give us our assignments to do. I would do them. She would correct me on the things she didn't like. I'd follow up with her to make those additional corrections. She'd receive them and tell me, oh, you're just not doing this right. Do you know how to do? And... Those were all valid questions. I'm not, or I wasn't tripping about her saying those things, but she would do things to get a reaction from me, and I didn't respond, I guess, in the manner or the way that people would respond to her, and I believe that irritated her. So she would do more stuff to create really conflict and it just wasn't a pleasant experience being in that course not saying every course has to be where you jump roping and smiling and eating snow cones but it was just oh my gosh what is really going on and I really enjoyed the subject matter of the course the content I really enjoyed learning about that but when it came to dealing With this professor, boy, it was a challenge. I guess I might have some students saying the same thing about me, but anyway, this is my experience in the doctorate program. It was a challenge in this lady's class. It was a challenge. And I wasn't the only student who went through this with this professor. A lot of people were talking about, oh my gosh, what's up with her, you know? And sometimes it is just a personality clash. And then sometimes people just, they're fixated and they are the way that they are. That's just who they are. So when the secretary told me that this professor 
could be my new dissertation chair? I was thinking, what? No. Then the secretary told me, yeah, you know, I think she might be. And everybody who has her as their dissertation chair, those doctoral students, I mean, they take a long time to graduate. And I hear that they don't work well with her. They say she's mean. I mean, I think you're going to get her. I don't even know if you'll graduate or not. She might make you start this process all over again. So, I mean, didn't you just say that you applied for graduation? You had to get some signatures and, uh, I, I, I don't know, Miss Bryant. I just, I don't know, Miss Bryant. I, I don't know. I mean, she's supposed to call your email. Just forget everything I said. I mean, I just, I don't know. But I do want to tell you, good luck to you. Good luck. (laughs) When I heard that, I was sitting there thinking, dang, what is going on? I started praying, Lord, help me. I am not trying to start over. Lord, I've already dealt with this woman I'm not trying to go through this with her at all. God, uh, God, Lord, I know you hear me. God, you said all things are working together for my good. Lord, I need help. Please help me. (laughs) Lord, help me with wisdom on what I need to do. Lord, help me with my speech, my communication, how I need to talk to this lady. Lord, help me. Now, you can tell that I was discouraged. The next day, the dean of the department, it could have been a couple of days later. I know it wasn't a week later. And I know it wasn't like three to four days later. So I'm thinking it was like a day or two later. The dean of the department sent out emails letting the people in that cohort know what was going on. And then she told us individually in a separate email, who our new dissertation chairs would be because we were all split up now. The dean of the College of Education confirmed that the woman who the secretary called me and said who might be my dissertation chair, the dean confirmed that that lady who was my professor, who I didn't want to be my dissertation chair, She was my new chair now. When I read that email, I was like, oh, man. So what I did is on Monday morning, before I went to work, I had to teach an 8 o'clock class that morning. What I did is I went up to TSU's building and waited for the dean to show up. My goal was to ask her in person, yeah, can you please be my dissertation chair instead of the lady you assigned me to? But I couldn't say it like that, but I was thinking it. So the dean shows up. I was at the school. It was like 
7 o'clock, I think I was sitting in the parking lot. Around 7.30, I go in the building because I'm just sitting there waiting like, I got to get this done. So the dean walks in. She shows up. I go up to her, and she tells me, oh, Miss Bryant, how you doing? And I told her, oh, I'm doing good. Um, And she said, oh, you know, Miss Bryant, you know, it's going to be okay. I know everything happened so fast. Everything's going to work out for you. And she was prophesying and probably didn't even know it. But she says, you know, it's going to work out for you, Miss Bryant. I know it's tough. This was unexpected. Right when you're working on your dissertation too, huh? And I asked her, yeah, um, do I have to have the new chair as my chair? Or can it be somebody else? And then I said, can you be my chair? And she told me, Miss Bryant, I'm letting you know right now that the chair I selected for you, she is a good fit for you. And I was thinking, no, she's not. She's not a good fit. I've already dealt with this woman before. Lord, what is going on? Lord. What is the deal? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. But when she said that the chair I selected for you, she's a good fit for you, I was like, man, it's done. <laughs> it's done. And when she said that, I knew she made up her mind on what she wanted to do. And there was no getting out of it because if I made a fuss during that critical moment, I would have committed academic suicide. So I just told her, all right. And she told me again, Miss Bryant, it's going to be all right. Okay, Miss Bryant. I smiled and I walked off, got in my car. I couldn't even think on my way to work. But when I pulled up to the job, I had to breathe and pray really had to pray because I didn't want to go off on some students for some stuff that they didn't even do to me. So I was like, let me get my mind together. So I prayed, and I remember saying something along the lines of, God, I'm giving this to you because it don't look like nothing is working out. I don't see how this will work out. I'm trying to graduate in four months. I'm not trying to start over. God, I give this to you. So, I go throughout my day. My schedule that day, like I told you earlier, I taught my first class that day at 8 o'clock. Then I had a 9.30 course I taught. Then after that, I had an 11.30 a.m. course I taught. So, sometime between those classes, I received an email from my dissertation chair, the new one, the professor that I didn't like. And she asked if I could come up to the school to meet her. She asked me, you know, could you come today? What's your availability? And we were conversing via email. And then she let me know, well, if you have some time, could you come this afternoon? So I'm thinking, okay, after I get out of teaching this 1130 class, I should be up there around 2, 2.30. Told her. She says, okay. And after work, I go back up to the school. 
I walk in, walk up to her office. She had the door open. Looked like she was on the phone with a student, going off on the student. And I'm sitting there like, dang. All right, let me just go in and take it like a champ. Knocked on the door. I was like, hello, Dr. So-and-so, I'm here to meet you. My name's Kenitra Bryant. And she says, oh, hey, how are you doing? Come on in, come on in. And I'm thinking like, okay, this is a kind of shift, a major shift. Let me use that. It was a major shift. This lady was so nice to me. She asked me for a copy of my dissertation. She said she'd review it. She told me she was sorry about what happened. It was a shock. Oh, my goodness. And then she said, I'm going to go over this dissertation. And guess what? Don't worry. I will not make you start over. You've worked so hard. I can tell. And when did you apply for graduation? And you know, I told her that loud and clear. May 2014 in three months. I'm scheduled to graduate. She told me, okay, excellent. Let's start setting up and preparing for your dissertation defense for next month. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she asked me to meet with her the following week so she could have some time to go over the research paper, the project. And she told me that she'd give me some feedback. She'd talk to the other committee members to let them know that she was a new dissertation chair. She got their names, contact information, told me don't worry about it. I'm going to follow up with them. And then she said after she reviews the dissertation in the following week, she's going to provide me with a schedule and we're just going to converse by email back and forth. If I had any questions, concerns, complaints, ideas, feedback, go ahead and call her or email her and She's going to make sure that I'm top priority. And then she asked me, did you ever take an online course with me? And I told her yes. And she said, yeah, I I knew I remembered you. You did such great work in the course. Such a great student. Yeah, we're going to work this out, Miss Bryant. And we're going to get you squared away. Don't you worry, Miss Bryant. Oh, Oh, well, let me go ahead and say. Dr. Bryant. (laughs) Now, when I walked out of that woman's office, I was shocked. And then I was glad. And then I was thanking God. I was like, Lord, you heard me once I prayed. You knew about all of this before it occurred. You were really guiding me and you are really walking with me. You are with me everywhere I go. I was just thinking like, God, you really did work everything together for my good because based off what I just shared, y'all understand my thought process. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, but God worked it out and I never went up to that lady and asked her, yeah, why are you being so nice to me all of a sudden? Mm Mm-mm. Now, I rode that train all the way to graduation. Yes, I did. That was really something. Now, I was discouraged with what was going on, and the discouraging words from the secretary didn't make it any better. You heard what she was saying, based off of what I shared. 
Oh, you know, people don't work well with her. And I knew that was an experience I had. People take a long time to graduate. Now, those were discouraging words to me. I don't know if you're going to graduate. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But God worked it out. And it worked together for my good. Now, when people found out that my new dissertation chair was this woman, and when I say people, I'm talking about these individuals in this cohort, they were telling me in passing, hey, we heard you have Dr. So-and-so as your chair now. Ooh, man, you're going to be here for a long time. Man, it sucks to be you. You know, because we got so-and-so. This is our dissertation chair. You know, we're going to get out of here with you. You're going to be here for a while. Man, you got a mean lady. Glad it wasn't me. Now, I already dealt with the woman. I already saw how God turned it around and worked it together for my good. So although they were saying those things, it meant nothing to me. I did not receive that because God gave me a glimpse of what was to come. So I just looked at them. I looked at them and I watched them speak those words to me. And they didn't even understand that the very words that they were speaking to me. Oh, sucks to be you. Oh, we got so-and-so. You got a mean lady. Glad it wasn't me. You gonna be here for a long time. Boy, they had to eat those words. Those words were birthed in their life. The dissertation chairs that were assigned to them, those dissertation chairs were my professors also. And those professors... I never had any issues with them. They were so nice, so caring. They were making sure that students understood material. They work with students. They were very thorough. They were just so attentive and just overall pleasant. Every course I took with those professors who served as those people's dissertation chairs, it was always a pleasant experience. But as time went on, as time went on, I found out that those professors who were their dissertation chairs, who were nice, those people were giving those people in that cohort hell. Straight hell. Those people were going through it. They were saying, oh, they're mean. It doesn't look like they're trying to help me graduate. This whole process is taking longer than what I expected. Boy, this sucks. You see how their words just flipped on them? And I'm going to provide y'all with some more stories. Don't worry. But I graduated, and then they didn't graduate until a year or two after me. Because... Looked like the dissertation chairs they had, they didn't like them too much. And then they probably saw how they were trying to manipulate people to get their way, and 
some professors just shut things down on them. Just shut some stuff down. Even when our dissertation chair was alive, the people, along with myself and that cohort, the dissertation chair that we had before, they thought that they were on top because they prided themselves in doing scandalous things to ensure that I was beneath them. But then they could never catch me, and that just really ticked them off. So they started setting up these snares and traps, and every time they set a snare and a trap, they trapped themselves, and they delayed themselves every time. And I'm going to share those experiences with you, but all of what I experienced was a distraction of discouragement for me to give up, for me to think negatively about myself and believe the lies that I heard all around me. And God's word is so true. God is true. God is the truth. He said, no weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. You will refute. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. That promise is found in Isaiah, the 54th chapter, and the 17th verse. And these weapons that are formed against you can include the weapon or weapons of discouragement from yourself and from others. In my situation, as well as what God has guided you through and brought you through, God worked it out. And I know God can work it out for anybody because he's done it time and time again. As you work on your research project, as you work on your goals, discouragement will come up. It might be subtle or it might appear in a boisterous, overt manner. Either way, God says he is with us. He'll never leave us in discouragement. He won't forsake us in discouragement or to discouragement. And we don't have to carry discouragement. The scriptures that I want to leave you with are the ones I reviewed in this motivational aim. And they are Isaiah, the 54th chapter in the 17th verse, 1 Peter, the 5th chapter in the 7th verse, and Jeremiah, the 29th chapter in the 11th verse. And I forgot one, and it's Joshua, the 1st chapter in the 9th verse. And I want to read each one for you real quick and declare these over your life. I declare Isaiah, the 54th chapter in the 17th verse over your life, that no weapon Formed against you shall prosper, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from God, because he's declared it. I declare Jeremiah the 29th chapter and the 11th verse over you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. I declare in the name of Jesus, 1 Peter, the 5th chapter and the 7th verse over you, that you will cast all your anxieties on God because he is the one who cares for you. And I declare that you receive in the name of Jesus, Joshua, the 1st chapter and the 9th verse that states, Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. 
for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father God, I pray for every individual listening to this series, listening to this podcast. I'm praying that you bless their family, their loved ones, their endeavors, their goals, their aims, and their targets as they keep you first. I declare in the name of Jesus, and I agree with your word, that Isaiah, the 54th chapter and the 17th verse, is always evident in their life. I declare in the name of Jesus that Jeremiah, the 29th chapter and the 11th verse, stays in the forefront of their mind as they go through their day-to-day operations and interactions. I declare in the name of Jesus that 1 Peter, the 5th chapter and the 7th verse, comes to their mind as they always cast their anxieties on you and let them know, Lord God, that you always care for them. Lord, I pray that every listener ponder on your promise found in Joshua, the first chapter in the ninth verse, to always be courageous, always be strong, and not to be afraid or discouraged. Lord, always remind them, Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you remind every listener that God is with them no matter what they're going through. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. So remain encouraged and not discouraged. Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download God, Me, and the Dissertation, a 38-day devotional. On the site, you can order inspirational apparel, and you have the option to connect with me on Instagram at aimtowardsthetarget and at college underscore success tips. I have a few Bible plans on the YouVersion Bible app you can check out. Enjoy the remainder of your day. Peace and God bless.